What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today is Monday, August 29, 2022, and I am starting school tomorrow. Super excited about it. It's going to be a great time, but nonetheless, we are definitely, definitely not slowing down. We are still going to get as much content as out as possible for you guys. We have an amazing show for you tonight, and we have an amazing show for you guys coming up this week, all about Skytown, all about the WNBA playoffs. You can find that on Mike on the Mic YouTube. Before we get into this episode, please, if you haven't already, go on Mike on the Mic YouTube, hit the playlist Skytown, and you can find every pregame, postgame interview we have with the greats like Candace Parker, Allie Quigley, Courtney Vanderschel. Coach James Wade and many others. It's an amazing thing. I love every second of it. I've, I've been I've been geeking out all season at one of the best Sky teams I have ever seen in Chicago in my entire life. You know, and it's it's been a bunch of fun. We're in the semifinals right now. Just dropped game one. It was a tight one. It was a tight one, but we're gonna bounce back. It's gonna be a great series, and I'm super excited about it. So before we get into that video, if you could please go on Mike on the Mic YouTube and not only click that subscribe button, but please check out Skytown. I would truly appreciate it. Now let's get right into the video, baby, because we have so much to cover today. And I was around, I would say, 9 to 10 a.m. when this news broke out. Um, you know, and it is it is news that, you know, obviously if you're reading the title of this episode, you already know um, that you, you wouldn't expect. That you wouldn't expect because stuff like this shouldn't happen to generational type players. They should be remaining in the same organization and built championship caliber rosters around them for, for decades to come. And, and unfortunately, for the Los Angeles Angels fan base, that does not look to be happening. You know, we, we're talking about, you know, owners selling the team, Mike Trout potentially moving on at some point. We're talking about Shohei Otani. The big news today off the MLB network is he potentially coming to Wrigley Field in 2024, 2025 before he becomes a free agent. That is the conversation tonight that we will be talking about that Cubs fans that I am, have been friends with my whole life, like Kevin Lopka at 670 to score, like Jacob Stutz and so many other amazing greats. We have been fiending for a player like this. We have been waiting for a generational talent that we could lock up for 10 plus years outside of just Anthony Rizzo and really just 
really just praise to our grandkids about one day and be like, we saw Shohei Otani in a, not only a Cubs uniform, but on the mound, in the field, hitting home runs in Wrigley Field at a consistent basis. I am super excited about it. But where did this news come from? It came from MLB Network. John Morosi went on the Parkins and Spigella show, pardon me if I butchered that, and said that he wouldn't be surprised, quote, if Otani was traded to the Cubs. It's honestly one of those things to where... You know, I, I don't think it's it's an out-of-pocket statement. One, you understand right now at the age of, what is he, 27, 28 years old, that Shohei Otani is no longer going to be in his prime, let's say, five years from now. Now, it's definitely possible that he is. I'm not going to say he's not. But from a marketing standpoint, you know, he's not a 21-year-old kid. You know, he's not a 25-year-old kid. You know, you have to understand, are the Angels in two to three years going to be a championship caliber baseball team, a World Series contending baseball team? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. They don't have a manager. Mike Trout is aging and has this back diagnosis. Um, You don't know what that's going to mean long term. We know what that's like as Cubs fans with Anthony Rizzo. God bless him. But, you know, he just hit number 29 tonight. So shout out Big Riz in New York um, doing big things, number 29 of the year but you know with that being said you understand that back injuries are very serious and you know one of the biggest things about back injuries and and what leads into that I know we're getting into an off-topic conversation about Mike Trout and Anthony Rizzo but when it's not caused by a specific injury that's when there's a problem if it's spasms and just you know reoccurring issues it's it's really not something you can fix that is something that you know you're gonna have to just start taking it easy and as an athlete you really can't do that especially when you're smashing 30 plus home runs a year and playing gold glove defense like Rizzo or one of the best players of this generation and in the league in Mike Trout it, and playing center field every day it's just not going to happen um, so you know it's it's a conversation that the Angels need to have that you know they're not even close to being where they need to be and you know Shohei Otani in 2025 being a free agent you know you don't want him to walk so I imagine they go through the 2023 season with the last season of Shohei Otani and then going into 2024 at that trade deadline is probably when you see him leave it's not going to be like a Juan Soto thing where wherever he ends up you get two and a half years of you know of you know um oh I, I forget the word I forget the exact word it is but um you get two and a half years of him being locked up on a deal but now it's going to basically be um, oh, the rights. Pardon me. I, I don't know why that uh, trickled my mind, but you don't you don't have two and a half years of rights. You're going to have a rental for that season, and then you're going to try to lock him up on probably, and, and people might call me crazy, he'll be the age of 30, but probably something close to a seven to 10 year, $400 million deal. If he's still dealing from both sides of the ball the way he is now, I see no reason why this kid doesn't get over $400 million. You, you know, you're getting guys like Julio Rodriguez who have the potential, you know, in, in half a a season to make over 470 at some point um obviously there's a lot of guarantees with that right now it's more than like two 200 something um you know without the incentives and without everything else like that but you know at the end of the day you gotta understand we have never ever seen somebody like Shohei Otani and, and, and I say that so slowly and I say that like so quietly because it, it's it's the truth it is the truth. We have not seen somebody like Shohei Otani in our entire lives. Now, there's going to be the old heads who say, oh, well, Babe Ruth could do it. Not to this level. Not to this level. And, and, and I'll be damned if anybody sits here and tells me that he could. And it's just not the reality of the situation. You know, this kid's slider, this kid's curveball, this kid's fastball, this kid pumping it out, this kid's defense out in the outfield. Him as a DH, him as a person, you know, he's a great kid. He, he holds himself to a very high standard. Um, he's super respectable and he's super 
respectful. And I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, you have to give respect to get respect. And I think Shohei Otani is a class act from everything I've seen. And, you know, I love every minute of him. But why is this even a conversation? Why are the Chicago Cubs who are entering a rebuild in their first year of their rebuild with the uncertainties of what's going to happen with Wilson Contreras, with Ian Happ and many other individuals on the team, what are we going to say right now that to why people think that Shohei Otani is going to be the favorite landing spot for the Chicago Cubs? I'll tell you why. In the beginning, there were two teams that it was down to. You were talking about the Los Angeles Angels and you were talking about the Chicago Cubs. He wanted to play for the Chicago Cubs simply based off the fact that I think he just liked the organization. He liked the team. Um, there, there was a lot to like about it at the time. And, and, you know, one of the issues for him, one from what I'm hearing was the weather. You know, it, it's definitely it's definitely not the greatest in April. It's definitely not the greatest in March and, and May. And, and that's a conversation that everybody needs to be ready to have. Seiya Suzuki definitely felt that this year. Um, not to say that he hasn't played in cold temps before, but to do it consistently, you know, and, and I'm someone who works at Wrigley Field. I, I've worked at Wrigley Field. Um, I, I, I just left a, a couple months ago, but, you know, it's, it's a conversation to where I was there every morning from 5 a.m. to uh, around 1230 every day. In April, March, May, all of it. I don't know why I said it in that order, but all of it. All summer long. In the summers, it is steaming. And in the in the spring, it is dead winter at 5 in the morning. And, and sometimes, you know, you feel that at night games as well. It's the same conversation. When the sun goes down, it's cold. And, and I think that takes some adjusting for foreign players. It takes adjusting for anybody, really. California people, you know, West Coast people. It, it's just, it is what it is. They're not used to those temps. So I think that played a role into it. Another part of it was the, uh, the universal DH was not a part of the league yet. Um, and the Chicago Cubs also at the time where I'm not going to rip the heads off of, you know, Theo Epstein and Tom Ricketts, but for Joe Madden to kind of say that he didn't have a spot in the rotation guaranteed, that to me was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know, and we understand, you know, it's going to be very different in the majors. And there were a lot of conversations about Otani's struggles and his injury history. And, you know, you had to play a role into that and understand, you know, we're not, we're not going to sit here and act like we all knew he was going to be an AL MVP and that he was going to do this to such a high magnitude and such a high level. So I'm not going to completely shit on them for that, but they definitely, they definitely shit the bed. 110%. But with that being said, to have this second go around, to have this second chance, what is it going to look like? How much are the Angels going to ask for? And we just saw what Juan Soto's deal got the Washington Nationals. I think it could be something very interesting and something somewhat similar. Um, but I don't think it will be as much. Now, I think there's two ways it can go. Shohei Otani gets traded to a different team, plays half a season, and then comes to the Cubs in free agency, and we get the man for nothing. Or we make a trade at the deadline and end up, you know, re-signing them obviously at the end of the year. And we probably don't have to give up as much as you normally would if you had two years of contract, uh, of, of contract security like you do with Juan Soto. I think that's one of the biggest things right now. You're not going to give away the entire farm. But what is that farm even going to look like when you presume guys like Pete Crow Armstrong, Brennan Davis, and you're looking at other guys as well, maybe even a Matt Mervis or a James Triantos are coming up. We'll see what happens. I'm super excited about it. We're going to get into all of that right now so let's break it down 
Now, right now, I think there's a lot of different ways this can go. And I literally have a pencil in my hand and a paper on the table, and, and we're, and we're going to figure this out. We're going to get this done the right way. Who is going to be on the Chicago Cubs roster by 2024 free agency? Which, by the way, in case you were listening, I did just double-check. He's going to be a free agent in 2024. That is when he is an unrestricted free agent. Arbitration 3 will be in the 2023 offseason, which is coming up this year. Super excited about that, but let's break it down. Right now, let's say it's projected 2024. We're going to have this conversation with... With not only you guys, but a few other people throughout this week that I'm super excited. Now, I think first and foremost, I want to say one of the biggest reasons I think that we're going to be able to attract this guy, not only just for the money, not only just because he already wanted to be here before and we were the number two pick before, I think a big part of it is Seiya Suzuki, someone who has had so much success in Japan, someone who's played against Otani, someone who is marveled as you know, one of the best out of the country next to Otani. Obviously, Otani is first to four, to, is second to none, really. Um, you know, he is first and foremost the best player out of Japan right now. Um, but Seiya Suzuki was right up there in numbers, and I think that's definitely a conversation to be had. That's definitely a conversation to why that would attract him to want to play here, for them to be together, both speaking the same language, both of them have translators. It, it would be you know, a lot easier for them to pick each other's brain and to really just feed off of, you know, what they're trying to do here and how they're trying to change the game for not only Japanese players, but for the country as a whole. And I think they want to get Japan more involved in the MLB. That's a big part of why they came here. Um, you know, they, they want to put it on the market. And I think, first of all, first and foremost, I'm not trying to sit here and, and sell you, you know, something that I don't fully know about, but I have watched J- Japanese games in, in Japan. And, and I'll tell you this. First and foremost, hands down, some of the most exciting games of baseball I've ever watched were, were featured in Japan. And I remember one of the games was Ishiro's, obviously, in Seattle, but that has nothing to do with anything. But in a Japanese league, they are insane. The, the announcers are so much fun. The broadcasters are so much fun. The fans are crazy. Um, you know, the, these athletes that they have and the, what they're producing, their fastballs are crazy. They're throwing pitches I didn't even know existed. Um, you know, the, these guys work ethic, you know, and it's a very shortened season. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot it's a lot easier to buy into that than a 162-game season and then potentially 20-plus games of playoffs. Like, that's, that's exhausting. It, it really is. When you're playing from April all the way to October, November, it's, it's definitely a conversation we need to be able to have with ourselves and understand as much as we all love baseball as Americans, season's fucking long, man. It, it's fucking long, and I, I think that's an issue all the time. So I, I think, you know, bringing in Seiya Suzuki and having that conversation of him potentially teaming up with Otani is it, definitely something to take into consideration now here's what i'm looking at right now um when we're talking about the lineup of the chicago cubs i think obviously you can fill in brennan davis in center field i think that is that is the easy one for me to where I think, you know, we're, we're going to sit here and, and just mark that in, not just because he's been on the pod a few times. And if you haven't checked out those episodes, please do so if you get a shot. Um, but we, we've seen what he can do. He just got sent back to AAA today. I'm super excited to see what's going to come for him in the future of this team. Maybe he ends up on the roster at the beginning of next year. Maybe they want to wait a little bit and let him get a feel for AAA a little bit more. Um, but nonetheless, I'm super excited for him. So I'm going to lock Brennan Davis in at center field as one of the best prospects 
in the Cubs farm system. Um, you know, lining that up with Pete Crow Armstrong, probably in left field, I would say. Um, you know, definitely going to be a great conversation starter for that one. He's, he's you know, ETA is 2024, but that can come at any point in time. Um, you know, you're looking at that probably in left field, I would say, out of anywhere. Um, and then right field, obviously, we're having this conversation right now, say a Suzuki. And, and I think, you know, we're going to give him another season to really see what he's made of and to really see what he can do. Everybody did that with Otani. You know, the first year, you didn't really know what you had in him. Um, injuries happened and then stuff, you know, stuff goes on. But when he comes back, he wins an MVP damn near right away. Um, so I, I think that's right there. That's your outfield. Now you're looking at the rest of your team. You don't really know what this team's going to look like. You don't really know what this team's going to potentially be. And I think there's a lot of question marks. Now, one of them to me is Christian Hernandez. Christian Hernandez, his ETA actually is 2025. He's an 18 year old phenomenon right now um, in, in A ball. So I think, you know, we've had this conversation with Liam Spence, who's a shortstop second baseman out of Tennessee who plays for the Cubs. And we'll be sitting with James Triantos later on this week and, and Liam and talking about, you know, their experiences watching Christian Hernandez do their thing. But from what I've talked about with Liam, he's even said it, you know, he's he's blown away by what this kid is able to do at the age of 18 versus all these grown men that he's playing with. You know what I mean? Like, and this kid hasn't always had the resources that everybody else has had. This kid hasn't always had, you know, the, the scouts and everybody else around him and, and going to a prestigious college. You know, it's, it really wasn't in him. He comes from a foreign land and, you know, it's, it's a big part of his game. Now, are the Cubs willing to part ways with Christian Hernandez for someone like Shohei Otani is the question. And I, and I think that's a, that's a difficult, that's a difficult question to ask. Now, at this time, you know, Christian Hernandez would be 20, 21 years old, and, and who knows what's going to happen to him at the time. So as of right now, um, we're going to lock in who we think is going to be here. Now, I'm going to say right now, off rip, um, at third base, I'm going to have James Triantos. I think Triantos is going to make this team. I think he's going to be great for what this team needs. They're going to have him at third base more than likely, um, and, and I'm really excited to continue to see how he thrives. Now, somebody else that I think, you know, we need to be ready to have this conversation is is the catching position you know is Wilson Contreras going to be a part of this ball club is he not I have no idea Miguel Amaya is the next man up and and we really don't know about that he's dropped to number 16 in the pipeline just because of injury issues and Tommy John surgery so I I don't know what we really expect from him you know what I mean so I I don't know at the catching position what exactly what we're going to do I don't know if Matt Mervis is going to be the first baseman of of you know the future we really don't have any idea of what's going on with that Um, but I do think it's going to be an interesting conversation when you look at shortstop and you look at second base, obviously you have Nick Madrigal, obviously you have guys, you know, like Nico Horner, but you also have guys that we're going to be looking at in free agency this year. You know, there's a lot of guys like Corey Seager that are available and Bogards and a couple other guys that I, I really think could run up the board. But as of right now, we have Madrigal, obviously we have Nico Horner. Um, so we're going to add those guys right now. And let's, let's presume that, you know, somebody is is signed to the Chicago Cubs this offseason um, and we're going to be able to run up the board that way. But right now, when you look at what this team is going to be, Cade Horton is one of them. Jordan Wicks is another. Ben Brown, uh, Jackson Ferris, Alexander Canario, Owen Casey. There's a lot of individuals on this team that are coming. Caleb Killian. Um, we already have Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson up here, and, and I'm super excited to continue to see them flourish. And a lot of people forget, a lot of people forget we got a couple dogs from the South Side last year in that Craig Kimball trade. Um, so I'm really excited to continue to see where those guys get back and, and, and how how they're going to be effective. Bailey Horton being or Bailey Horn being one of them. Um, you know, and I believe I forgot his name. Um he is he, 
blank in my mind right now, um, but he's an absolute stud in the bullpen. Um, I believe he had Tommy John and he's been out this year, but you know, it's, it's a conversation right now to where, you know, we need to be ready and we need to be recognizing that some of these guys are going to go. Some of these guys are going to go, but you know, at the end of the day, it's Shohei Otani. Like that is, that is not, that is not something we, one, the league has ever seen before. And two, the world has ever seen before. It's such a high level. So I think right now, you know, the sky's the limit when we're talking about Shohei Otani. And I think what he does for that Chicago Cubs rotation, it brings in certainty. Because you don't know what the future holds for Kyle Hendricks. You can pretty much say that's, that experiment is more than not done. Uh, Marcus Stroman by 2025, is he going to be a part of this roster? I have no idea. Um, you know, it's a, it's a conversation, though, where we, if we could sit here, if we could sit here today, and let's say we're going into a rotation in 2024-2025 with Shohei Otani as our ace, you have Marcus Stroman potentially, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, Cade Horton, and you have guys like Caleb Killian still dealing. And obviously you have some young guys still kind of on their way like Jordan Wicks um, and a few others. So I, I think there's a lot of different ways we could look at this. And, and I think right now the Cubs are going to be very deep. They're going to be very deep. And, and bullpen-wise, when you have guys like Ben Brown, and if they can figure out and finally, for the love of God, like I've been asking, make Braylon Marquez in the bullpen. I'm tired of this kid starting and breaking his arm. I'm tired of this kid tearing every single ligament, trying to go five innings, throwing 100 miles per hour plus every single pitch, you know, for, for 70, 80-plus pitches a game. That's It's so frustrating for me. So I think, you know, putting him into the bullpen, you know, getting a bunch of guys in that bullpen and just getting guys that you can trust – uh, Hayden Wisinski is one of those guys as well. You know, you're looking at DJ Hers and and a, and, and the, the the list goes on. The Cubs have a great farm system right now, and I think that's what a lot of people are lacking. And you're looking at guys right now. You know, we can even talk about guys like Ed Hoyer, guys like Kevin Maday from. You know, you're looking at the Padres trade with you, Darvish, like Owen Casey, guys who might not make this roster if Shohei Otani's here, but guys that we can definitely offer up that are great, great players. Shohei Otani is a generational player. So if you're an Owen Casey fan or Owen Casey, you're listening to this and you're upset because I said I would trade you for Shohei Otani, please don't take that disrespectfully. Please don't take that the wrong way. It's it's a... It, it, it's something to where I would trade my own mother for Shohei Otani. And that's, that's the reality of the situation. So it, obviously that's, that's a joke. But um, it, it's, it's a serious conversation at the end of the day that when it comes down to a generational player like that, you have to put everybody on the line. And, and Juan Soto is one of those guys that have proven that. You know, No one wanted to trade CJ. Nobody wanted to trade Gore. Nobody wanted to trade all these other individuals to the to the Washington Nationals. The Padres loved all those guys. They were their babies. They, they developed them. They drafted them. They saw all the potential in the world in them. But you also see what's right in front of you is, is the potential to win a championship. Obviously, before Tatis, you know, got caught doing what he was doing. But, you know, it, it's definitely a conversation to where, you know, you have to do what you have to do to win championships baseball and you can't put a bunch of you know okay we're gonna try to put this roster together and hope that it all sticks because that's that's what baseball is is it's throwing a roster together and hoping it sticks not only hoping it sticks but hoping they gel together hoping they can play well together there, there's, there's a lot that goes into that and there's and with prospects especially there's a lot of uncertainty so that's not just with Owen Casey that's just with anybody um, I wanted to clear that up first and foremost these aren't guys I'm saying are the odd men out I'm just saying these are guys that are highly valued guys and I think are just going to continue to get better and are super young at the position maybe not ready for the 
league by 2024, but definitely well on their way. And, and that's something right now to where, you know, 2024 hits, the Chicago Cubs are contending. Like, that's that's what it needs to be. You know, you, you, you tear the core apart in 2021, um, you know, and it all kind of fell, to, fell apart at the end of 2020. We could really say, and let's be real with ourselves, we understood that going into 2021, that season wasn't going to be great either. Um, so you, you have that understanding, and, and, you know, you rode that high of throwing the no-hitter against the Dodgers and being one of the best teams in the league, starting 13-3. and three. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different ways we can look at that. But I, I think one of the biggest things right now is understanding, bringing in Shohei Otani. Like I said, Marcus Stroman, Caleb Killian. You know, you're talking about Jordan Wicks. You're talking about Cade Horton. You're talking about, you know, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson. The list goes on. Whoever else they bring in. It's going to be a conversation, and even my guy Cole Franklin's on the board. You know, we're going to see what happens with him. I'm super excited about it. You know, we have so many guys in, in our arsenal for the first time in a long time. Even back in 2015, 2016, when I looked at the Chicago Cubs, you know, outside of Dylan Cease, I really didn't see our pitcher of the future. We had a couple guys, um, you know, that, that we traded away for guys like Avila and guys like Castellanos, but, you know, it, that, that was what Theo Epstein did. We had decent arms, and, and we traded them away for rentals and and that's that was one of the most frustrating things right now jed is producing talent from all all cylinders we're looking at all farm systems in the cubs system right now that are making the playoffs more times than not i believe three of the four three or four of them have already clinched it if i'm not mistaken um it's myrtle beach iowa um, in South Bend, and, and, and that's, that's uh, let me know in the comments if I'm missing any of them, but you know that's pretty huge. That is pretty huge. That means your minor league systems are having success. If your minor league systems are not making the playoffs and your team in the majors are not making the playoffs, there's something fucking wrong. And, and that's, that's one of the biggest problems right now um, for a lot of teams in this league, and, and you look at the Angels as well, it's like you look at their farm system, you, you don't have a top 50 prospect. You don't have multiple top 50 prospects in this league, in this pipeline, and you've been shit for how long? You know, in Mike Trout's entire tenure in Los Angeles or in Anaheim, that's that's a problem. That that is a problem. You know, and that's something to be real. Like I'm not trying to sit here and shit on Angels fans, but the reality of the situation is they've been bad for so long and have nothing to really show for it outside of Mike Trout, who they drafted, you know, in the first round. And then you're looking at Shohei Otani, who you bring in internationally as a free agent, and he really only wanted to fucking go there because one, you allowed him the pitch; one, you allowed him the hit; you let, you allowed him to be a DH, and also the weather was it was a big part of why he wanted to go there as well. Um, you know, and, and being close. Or, you know, to I forgot why it, it was closer to something that he wanted to be a part of. Um, but it, it's something for me when I really look at that and I really, you know, have this conversation to where you bring in Anthony Rendon, you bring in Joe Madden, you bring in Dexter Fowler, Noah Syndergaard, and all these other guys, and it, it doesn't fucking do anything for you. And that's where are these, where are the reinforcements? Where are the reinforcements? We have not seen a number two produced out of Los Angeles, out of Anaheim, in. I don't even know how long. Who is a guy on in, in Anaheim right now that you could truly say that the Angels developed, that they brought up outside of Mike Trout, and that is truly going to be one of the faces of the franchise? I can tell you right now, the Chicago Cubs have some of the best de- player developments in all of the league. You know, you're talking about guys who made Eloy Jimenez what he was, made Ian Happ what he was, made Dylan Cease what he was. I don't want anybody to say that the Chicago White Sox made Dylan Cease what he was because they didn't. Like, let's be real about the situation. They didn't. 
Dylan Cease was hand gift wrapped and sent to them for for Jose Quintana. And I still, to this day, have my balls tucked in between my legs about that one because Dylan Cease was one of my favorite prospects of all time um, that that I've scouted, that I've watched, and that that I really took the time to watch every single start he had in the minors. Um, And you might call me crazy, but I, I, I really did. I really did. And I was only, what, 15, 16 years old, 17 years old. Like that's, to me, you know, there's so much that goes into the Cubs bringing guys into this pipeline. Already off rip, like we said, Pete Crow Armstrong, Brennan Davis, Kevin Alcantara, Cade Horton, Jordan Wicks, Christian Hernandez, Ben Brown. You're talking about guys like Owen Casey, James Triantos. The list goes on and, and who who guys like Miguel Amaya were before injuries. Who guys like Ryan Jensen, Cole Franklin, and Braylon Marquez were before injuries. You're already looking at guys in the big leagues right now that, that Christopher Morell is someone you can truly count on. Guys like Nico Horner are guys that you can truly count on to do what they do. Nico's going to play stellar defense at short and bat over 300. You're going to have Christopher Morell, who's one of the most electrifying young talents in the league right now. Maybe, you know, the numbers aren't going to sit here and tell you that he's a future MVP. I have no idea what his ceiling is. But I'll tell you this, excuse me, I'll tell you this. One of the biggest things for him is is this kid's going to be a young leader on this team. And I'm super excited about that. All the way from him eating cereal in the dugout and dancing to Bad Bunny and all this other stuff. The the kid's electrifying. You know, you look at a guy like Wilson Contreras. You know, that is a homebred Cubs player. He's played for the Cubs for over 10 years. You know, and, and that's something right now. To where, you know, you can't say that you can get that in Anaheim. And, and I know I'm going on this huge rant, but that to me signifies why Shohei Otani would be so good here. We can surround him with talent. We are not afraid to bring people in. And when we talk about that, with specifically bringing people in, what is that going to look like and, and how are we going to go about it? And I think, you know, guys like Corey Seager being available, uh, you know, I, I am... Um, you know, I, I am not going to sit here and say that I want Corey Seager, you know, my personal favorite and my personal opinion, not Corey Seager, pardon me, um, the, the person that I want the most, the person that I'm going to sit here and say that I believe the Chicago Cubs need to take a chance on, if you can, one, you know, even if we can't get Shohei Otani, I, I think we need to take a chance on this kid is Trey Turner. Trey Turner belongs in a Chicago Cubs uniform. And if somehow, some way we can also bring in Shohei Otani the following year, I will literally, I, Kevin Lopka and I will literally do backflips off of the bridge downtown it, 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 into the water if we can accomplish that. I think that that's, that's a dream come true. And that's something right now where you look at the forefront of the Chicago Cubs and who they're supposed to be. You wa- you're watching the Brewers kind of slowly dismantle and have some issues. You're watching, you know, the last dance of the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, Arenado and Goldschmidt are without a doubt having MVP years. So I'm not going to sit here and say that their, their tenure is going to end anytime soon. But losing Wainwright, using, losing Yachty, losing Pujols, they're going to have to re-up soon. And I think that's a big part of it as well. But they do have the farm system to be able to do it. And I think sustaining success is going to be a, is a very easy thing for them to do. Um, and an easy thing for people to buy in when you have guys like Arenado, who's a platinum glove winner. You have guys like Goldschmidt, who's who's killing it right now. He's batting over 340 with like 30 plus bombs. Like this kid's breaking. Um, you know, it's, 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 and they got it for nothing. They got it for chump change. They got them from similar places to Anaheim. They got them from Colorado and Arizona, who have haven't had been producing top talent in quite 
quite some time. Although I will say this, Arizona is on the come up. I'm really excited to see the Diamondbacks' future, um, or as my boy Jay Nace calls them, the D-Bags. But, you know, it, it's super exciting to see them continue to develop. But I think, you know, right now the Cubs are going to be able to use that to their advantage and not have to give up the world. Like, the Angels will take what they can. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the reality of the situation. If we gave up some, you know, certain players, and I'm not going to name drop and, you know, get into specifics because we don't know what the next year is going to look like for certain players or who's going to be up and who's not. So that day will definitely come when it comes. Uh, we'll definitely break down a video on that. But I think this is super exciting news. I think this is exactly what Cubs fans needed to hear right now. We currently just dropped the ball to the Blue Jays. Um, shout out Boba Shett and Vladdy, but, you know, I got mad love for them. But it's it sucks that I couldn't have been at the game. It was in Toronto. I, I wish it was in Wrigley Field. But we'll see what happens next year. I guess next year we're gonna everybody's going to play everybody. That's that's the that's the consensus right now, that everybody in the league is going to play everybody at least once. Um, so hopefully that one's at Wrigley Field because this year was at Toronto. So, you know, with that being said, though, I, I do want to say, you know, I appreciate you guys always showing support. I do appreciate you guys always showing love. Let me know in the comments, how do you feel about Shohei Otani coming to Wrigley Field would you prefer him on the south side for all my Sox fans that are potentially still listening to this? Um, how do you think that would work? How do you think that would transpire? And, and, and three, for, first and foremost, before we get into anything, we're definitely going to continue talking about this. What do you think the contract's going to look like? I purposely didn't speak on that. I purposely didn't talk about it because we're going to save that for another episode. Let me know what you think the length of that contract would look like, what the incentives are. Are there going to be club options? Is this going to be record-breaking money at the age of 29 for Shohei Otani? So with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace. It's showtime, baby.